Arizona Cardinals have a new head coach. The world got a closer look at Jonathan Gannon yesterday at his introductory press conference. Now the work begins, and here to talk about all that work, Lorenzo Alexander, NFL analyst, joins us here on Bickley and Murata Morning. So, how are you, man? I'm doing great this morning. Just finished my workout. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> Get that done before eight a.m. There's that's the way to do it. Yes. Yes, sir. That's why Lorenzo looks the way he looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool actually last week to kind of go on a tangent real quick. Being out the open, people thinking that I'm uh, Roy Jones Jr. or I play DB in the league. So that's, those are always kind of that's great. That's great feedback to hear that knowing that at one time I was 315 pounds. Right. That's right. So you've kind of cut weight a little bit, but you're still jacked, and people think you're a boxer. Yeah, there you go. You know what? Yeah. I never thought about it, Zoe, but you do. You have a resemblance to Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never, yeah. I never put that together until and you I'm just sure Zoe would kick that backside like Roy Jones <laughs> Jr. too. So did, did you tell them that you weren't, or did you go along with it? Uh, it just depends on what mood I'm in. Sometimes I'll go, like one time I did it with somebody that's actually pretty famous himself. He thought I was Roy. What's up, champ? Let me get a picture with you. And then I went, and then I looked on Twitter a little bit later. He had posted it. Like I was Roy. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> that's fabulous. All right, let's get into the football, Zoe. What were your takeaways? For, it's only a press conference, but but as far right. as press conferences go, I think Jonathan Gannon did pretty good. What were your uh, What were your interpretations? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I think most head coaches for the most part do a good job with that, right? It's pre-playing. They get up and, and present in front of guys all the time, and so they have a, a, a strong understanding as far as their vision for the team, um, um, their culture, and, and and some of the principles that they're going to stand on, right? I think he talked about a, a hits acronym that I heard him talking on a, on an interview on, on our station. Um, as far as what that means, you know, intensity, being physical, right, being smart, tough football players, right, and so everybody can pretty. For the most part, if you can't, then it's some. It's like whoa, you can't even articulate what you want guys to do. But most coaches are able to do that. For me, it's going to be you know it's all about the work. Um, you know, I, I went through maybe three or four new head coaches, and the guys that were able to communicate their vision, check for understanding, and continually have guys buy into that and find creative ways to kind of reinforce their culture over time and, and, and establish it were the most successful ones. So that's what I'm waiting to see um, because, you know, a press conference is, I think, is, is, is low-hanging fruit for a coach to, yeah. <laughs> right. to, to be should successful be. at. Yeah, should be. That's the, that's the key phrase. We're talking with Lorenzo Alexander here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Obviously, and it was talked about yesterday at great length, though, that uh, Jonathan Gannon knows that uh, getting Kyler Murray right, productive, maximizing his skill set is big, but leading up to Yesterday's press conference, Bick and I talked about it, and I, I brought the point up. I, I, I think you could say a lot of the same things about Isaiah Simmons on the defensive side yeah. of the ball, finding a way to make him as effective as possible. And we've seen the Swiss Army knife kind of strategy with Isaiah Simmons for three years. Now, Jonathan Gannon did come out and say he wants to use Isaiah Simmons in all different ways, and that kind of struck me as somewhat questionable. What was your, your reaction? To that? <laughs> right. And that could be situational as well, right? You know, you think a guy about a guy like Matt Milano who plays the wheel linebacker, but he also blitzes. He also yeah. rushes off the edge at times. He can cover guys. He can play zone. And so maybe he's talking about from a schematic standpoint, he'll have several different roles. But to your point, um, you know, I was I was a flexible player, but that happened for me as my career progressed. You definitely want to have a a somewhere where you're somewhat of an expert at, and then develop flexibility around that because you always want to have a place where you can be most impactful. And so hopefully it's more of that 
and then growing his skill set where he can be multi-dimensional and you know line up at safety or free safety or whatever when he's really start moving him around. But from a position standpoint, he can be flexible in how he uses him as a blitzer, as a, as a man-to-man guy and a cover guy in, in zone coverage. Now, I, I like when NFL coaches don't have a scheme offensively. I like them to have the adaptability to adjust to whatever defense they're, they're facing. I've not heard a lot of defensive coordinators or defensive-minded dudes say, we don't have a scheme either. We adapt and adjust week by week. What do you think of that philosophy from a defensive standpoint? Well, I would say most defensive coaches have like their first and second down packages that are pretty standard across the board. And, you know, depending on your personnel, you may go from maybe a 3-4, 4-3 team and or whatever the offense likes to play, maybe you play a little bit more base or nickel. But where the coaches that, that separate themselves, they are flexible from week to week when you think about third down packages and how you attack an offense and a quarterback and their strengths and weaknesses and different packages and different looks and different little wrinkles you may run out there just for that specific guy um, or scheme that you're facing. Um, and so it does happen from a, off, from a defensive perspective. It may not be as talked about, but it's more fluid within the, the week-to-week game planning. Talking with Lorenzo Alexander here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Um, experience has been talked about a lot, and the way this prog- uh, this, this whole um, process unfolded, though, you know, the Cardinals were the last team to hire a coach. Right now, they're probably behind the eight ball in putting a staff together for Jonathan Gannon, and, and it appears the possibility is still there that you're going to have a first-year GM, a first-year head coach, and maybe two first-year coordinators. Jonathan Gannon doesn't seem to think that that is a big deal. In your experience, when you work with coaches who are a little green, what is that experience like? Should it be a big deal? Yeah, I mean, hopefully one of their, you know, assistant coaches had, you know, maybe head coach experience or D.C. experience. You know, I think coaches have been in a lot of different situations, and so they probably have been exposed to different things and watched their head coach that they were underneath, uh, make certain decisions and operate in certain ways given the, the situation. And so you can learn from that, but it's obviously a much different thing when you when you're the guy and you actually have to make that decision and and take input from people, and then everything relies on you. Mm-hmm. So it can be done, but you you like for them to maybe hire a guy, maybe even a computer consultant at this point, depending on on the availability of guys that have been in that position, just so he hears it from someone that has actually made those decisions that that's in-house unless he can call a head coach or somebody he served under that may be retired and or throughout the season and kind of rely on their wisdom a little bit the energy factor of the new guy the the let's go factor if you will how important is that on a day-to-day basis just to kind of bring the energy of a group up it's significant. I mean, I, I know we would all like to be self, self-motivated, self intrinsically motivated, but, I mean, honestly, I mean, right, if everybody was like that, everybody would be extremely successful. And I know we're looking at athletes here, but a lot of guys have made it purely on their athleticism, right? And they need to learn how to take it to that next level because now you're competing against the best of the best. And when you are able to create a competitive uh, environment um, from your head coach, 
um, um, it, that, that, that breeds competition, and I think that's when the cream rises, and then you set a standard of of competition, right, which then transitions to the game. And I think he, he's going to have to set that high and making sure that these guys understand the standard, which, I, you know, and I always say with some caveats, because as a veteran that may be like a Kelvin Beecham, you don't have to help him uh-huh. be right. super competitive every right. day. So right. guys like that, right, which is you have to earn the right and you have to be in the league a significant amount of time where you have maybe little caveats for guys like that where you don't want them to be – you want them to be fresh and ready to go because they understand how to be competitive. They understand the standard. They are professional and don't don't need any additional push to create that. All right, before we let you go, your take on the Super Bowl, I thought you were right on the money. The way the stadium struck you struck me the same way. Whatever they did in terms of putting all those graphics and all that stuff to the ceiling in the building made it really – made it really pop in State Farm's game. Yeah. What did you think about that? Yeah, I loved it because I, I had never been in there for like one of the bowl games or uh, a playoff game. I, I think they do it do it for one other thing. I'm not quite sure, but it just looked it looked new. I mean, it looked elite. I mean, it looked high end, especially when you think about like those those end zone type of suites that they had. It just filled the stadium in. Um, I think much better than what, what we traditionally see when we, when we show up in that. The end where the big red or where the where the where the players' parking lot is and the locker room where the Cardinals run mm-hmm. at seemed a little hollow. Yeah. It just seemed really full and lively, and I, I just thought it added to the environment. And yeah, obviously, I you agree. know, with Philly fans being in there and, and being the Super Bowl, that probably was the the driving factor of it. But I really liked the way it looked inside uh, with the additions that they had for this particular game. Zo, always yeah, good to you. talk to you. Have a good weekend, and see if you can fool somebody else into thinking you're Roy Jones. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Zoe.